0: What? Huh? Waiting for somebody or not? For the camera. For the camera. Uh, so I don't know. Ah, the, the, the camera's right? also... Okay. Okay, so let's speak a little bit about this yeshiva, um, about what's called even given up to the start here, because in many ways it was typical of certain things. The yeshiva itself started in Slutsk. Slutsk is a much bigger city, um, it's a few dozen kilometers over, and the Rav of the city, his name was Rebyaku um, Dovid, Vilowitz Valensky. he was known as the Red Vaz, and he wanted a yeshiva in the city. He recognized without a yeshiva in the city, it's not going to work. He himself, Be'etzim, wasn't close to the Musa movement, but he also understood that without a backbone of Musa, and um, without chizuk, there's not going to be yeshiva. He called Reb Svi Finkel. Called, I mean, uh, he wrote to him, and um, Reb Svi agreed, and he sent a group of 14 bachrim, called they called it the Yada Chazaka, Yudal Chazaka, including his own son Reb and Reb Zalman, who was Reb Murtrapstein's brother-in-law, and was at that time a Slabot girl, um, he was the he was saying a sheer. He sent him to be the yeshiva and fourteen him to start as 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 the core of the yeshiva. Um, the Rebbitzin uh, Meltzer was not thrilled to come live here. She was living in in Slabotkin. and Slabotka was a city. It was part of a city. She had a family there. This is Hicks. In case you didn't notice, it's far away. Um, even with the bus, it, didn't, it took quite a bit from Minsk. This was all the way from Sabatka. She really didn't want to come. He said that since the Russian Mordhebsen had been there longer, he, does, he feels he should go. And he went with the group. Kletz tried to kidnap them. And uh, what happened in the end was they signed with Kletzk, and then Slutsk made a big uproar, and they ended up in Slutsk. They were there from, they founded in 1897. The, um, the communists in World War I came, the communists took over, they moved half the yeshiva here. <coughs> Rebaren Kutler was Reb Issazalman's son in law, and Rebaren Kutler and became a Rosh Yeshiva. They had like a twenty-four. He started saying Shurim. He was remarkable. We'll speak about it in a second. And he was the one and so when they split, they moved the yeshiva. Half the Yeshiva came here in nineteen twenty one and Reb Issa Zalman still continued on in Slutsk, he was, by this time he was the Rav in Slutsk, the Ravazet fast, and he felt, and this was really a big dilemma, a lot of the Rabbonim in Russia, or in whatever Russia had taken over, they, they didn't know if they should stay, because they owe it for the communities, because if they leave, what's going to be? On the other hand, is there any future? Chavuz Chaim himself had told people to run away, then he laid out uh, the Labava Rebbe had told bottom, they have to stay in their place and most of them were killed out and sent off almost everybody and everything did die out in the end. There was no future for 70 years in, in that area. So Rebbe almost stayed for two years. They had to keep the yeshiva quote unquote on the ground, shtick, this that. Finally got the word that he's on the list and he's going to Siberia and he ran away to here. This was already Poland at the time. He. Um, he was here for two, three years. In 1925, I think it was, he went to Eretz and he left the yeshiva by Baron Kotler. The yeshiva itself took off. Ribis Azalman and, and Baron Kotler were two gedolim, very different temperaments. Ribis Azalman was extremely um, calm, sort of very, very. Um, um, you know, he he backed off. He was he was extremely. Um, calm, and quiet, and thoughtful, that type of personality. Revan Kotler was an Eish lahav. he was a fire. He was a fire in his <coughs> learning, he was, he was an an, an Ilu atzum. his big, um, his big thing was chashbening a sugya, he could chashben out every piece, how every other piece, any place else, and his, when he, when he talked the learning, he, he was l- l- like a fire, um, and he wouldn't tolerate it. If somebody asked a question while they were saying a shir, the person would get it over his head. He was very, very strong that way. Um, and he was extremely strong and um, passionate in everything else. He attracted a lot of people. I don't know how many people actually understood a his shir. and his were extraordinarily difficult to understand. You had to keep pace, and after a few minutes, most people just lost Most of too. But they were extraordinarily taken by... His fire, I mean, his fire and, and his kite. it was incredible. I mean, you know, he, he was brilliant beyond words. And he drew people. So Klusk actually had gotten to be quite a big yeshiva by the time the war came around. What does that mean? What? How big is that? It was, it was 200 tamidim? plus, I believe, Tomidim or well, well over 200. So I mean, b- I have the exact numbers. What? Was Reb for some time? Shach was here. Rifshach eventually married Rebbe Sezalman's niece. Um, Rav Shach was had been in Slabotka, he also was here later, and this is, uh, so I, I guess Rebbe was a formative figure, but if, uh, Rav Shach, um, he, he, he holds the Alta as to have been the one who influenced in a big way. Rebbe was extremely close to, to Biskorov, was the one I think in learning that he felt afterwards he had become, was the one he was uh, really um, influenced by and in learning. Um, Rev Aaron had already gone to America to collect money in the 30s, he had some and um, When the war ended up, he ended up going to America and he worked very hard during the war years desperately to save as many people as he could. The yeshiva disbanded and typical, some went off to Siberia, some went off to Siberia, some managed to join up with the yeshiva and so on. They, they, they also went to Lithuania, we'll talk about that at one of the later times but at the end of the day he came to America he in his trips in the 30s in America he was appalled at what he saw as the level of learning in America and he pushed up track five of the lovage to make some sort of cradle something where people will sit and learn and something they, they made something like that and, and in a sense that became a seed for his yeshiva he came in 1940 he established the yeshiva there, um, and uh, the rest of history. But it had to do more than anything else with his person. He, he, he was an a an echelahava. His passion and his fire was unbelievable. His personal integrity and everything with it was that way. He was passionate and didn't broke a compromise. He he and he was able to. Um, plant a seed for something which was unthinkable in America in those days. In those days, Yeshiva University was the far right at the, of, the, of the spectrum. And he basically put everybody out. He, he, he took over the far right for himself, big time, and pushed everybody else out. Um, he, and it had to do with, with the correct of his person. So it's fascinating. His terror was beyond, I would say, 95% of Talmudim. Um, somebody told me I had a cousin of mine who was a Rav in America and a group of Rabotim came to Lakewood to hear a shir from a baron. A baron invited them, the Rabotim would normally held themselves to be the uh, Petrobson for Terry America. They sat through the shir and, and they were very depressed. <laughs> they didn't know very much of what was going on. And uh, one of them said, you know, the other, big deal, I don't think anybody here understands either. So they grabbed the Talmud and said, say, over the shir. Unfortunately, they grabbed the Abel Yeshvei. So he told them over the whole ship, <laughs> and they were doubly depressed. <laughs> but uh, I, I heard this from my from my relative, but, uh, him, So this is where it started. So it's a fascinating. Um, it, it, the Botka planted the seed. He was the one who actually was extraordinarily, um, extremely significant in guiding the Baron Kotel to become who he was. We'll talk about that when we get to Slavotka Mishem. But. Um, it, it was his personality that really made the yeshiva what it was. It's ironic that Kletz had offered and begged for the yeshiva to come there. It didn't work out and in the end it did end up in Kletz. And uh, like all the other yeshivas, this became a seed. For um, He had the yeshiva for 20 years and in America he had it for 20 some odd years. And this, this really was the seed for, for everything in America. This, this is really the, the seed of the seed. For, for all the other yeshivas in America, that's the that's, that's, that's significance. And the Talmidim lived where? And just in people's homes? Okay, so Talmidim Hidarkal lived in people's homes. The difference that the theological institute, it used to be in the old, old days, they lived out of the goodness of the heart of the families, their goodness of the heart stopped at some point, and the yeshiva would rent apartments. Um, they would rent, and so Bimele, people in town lived off the yeshiva, people in town lived off the yeshiva, and there was a very positive sense, unless he's written paid spills, which was frequent. And, and, and an example of something I, I read, like, told they were able to get food, but finally baron was able to get black bread and hot water sweetened with saccharin. So that was satisfactory for a few months, so at least they had the minimal. I, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of... Uh, it didn't I mean they didn't present that as being starvation r- r- rations this was okay they had bread they had what to drink and it was uh fine that was the that was that was the way people lived um, yeah Is there anything left of the Tyre of, the of, of the class Rebaron's is that Rebaron's Torah is printed off Mr. Zerbarin? so, so the, the thing is the Rebaron's Tyre of the Dark typically had two parts The do the, the you themselves are deep and you know you can you can they're easily, they are transportable, a can say the share. The chashba'inas he made, you can't say No, Nobody, I mean, out of the covered of mage was say Magachik. maybe understands. But he means, Khajbainas he went through, Reb once said, at at the sugya, he aired it out. In other words, sorry. Shook up all the bits and pieces a bit, and then since Rebekah going with this thing he going with that so They can't hold like him, so once we hold like him, he 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 he, he kept his chesboness and he was quicker than quick. So and it, it, it was incredible. And, and you know he was extremely in the shear itself. He was if you asked if you asked the military, he we got very nervous, and he would he would tear you to pieces. Then he would apologize afterwards. And someone told me this is a chasvur was sitting at his shear and. He asked in the middle, and he ripped into him and says, "You idiot, Yamauritz! No thing is Where did you learn? Why do you have the chutzpah to come to the? Shir? You know, like that, like that, that type of language. Very, very shocked. Then, like towards the end of the share, he now that we have sleep, now we can begin to answer the question that if so and so asked at the she'ar, and 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 now it makes sense.' So this, this this person asked an acquaintance of mine, like, you know, I don't stand, I don't get it." He said, Did you ever see an artist working and if someone comes over and asks him some question or, or bangs him on the shoulder? You, you, you blow up. He, he said, The Baron's Miller working on the show. He, he's, he said, You know, he, he's cold cooler in it and you, you're d- distracting him. That's why he gets very, very upset. But, you know, but once he, you know. But this is so, so in a certain sense, whatever we have today in America come out, this is where it came from. It's, it, he was a Soslovich. It could be. It could be. He had come from because he was. He was from a small town called Suslovich, I think. I mean, they're all sticks. They're all the same sticks. So I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it could be his family. I don't know. If it says so, I assume. It, when it says it, it was reestablished in Klutz, that wasn't when, it, when, it, when he came in the twenties to Klutz. Slutsk was still around. Was Zomlo- yeah, had but. come back to Slotsk and he and he kept it going for two years. He he split the issue in half. Half the yeshiva he made in kletsk which was Poland. Why, why was the Communist. Oh, he wanted to... He, he, he had it's best... itself was already communist. It was by Russia, and, and the communists did not allow any yeshivas. This was Poland at the time. So Poland was, was okay, well, you know, Poland was fine. So they wanted, you know, to split the macht into two, and they had 50%, you know, punch here, bunch there, but at the end of the day, he, he was... There was a story where I think there was a Aronkant had told him something by Chris McGill would be by us already, and they didn't know what it like. It was like he said himself, he didn't know what he said. He just kind of, and then right before Purim, you had to escape, you know, overnight, and it wasn't. You couldn't escape anymore. You had to cross the border and 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 run the border and bribe. What was already very difficult, but it was still in the in the in the early twenties, the late. You know, it was still gray enough that you could. Get out of Russia, but that was it. Then it slimmed down, and that was the end of it. Rosalind ended up in, in solo well, one, like 25. 25, I think 25, it was. 20, yeah, he left two, three years later. He left. He wanted to go solo his life, and that was it.